incredibly warm welcome to the Financial Freedom Podcast, delivered with personality by the team from Rachel Bell Wealth Management, along with their special guests. Now, today is very much an in-house affair. We've got practice principal Rachel and financial advisor Abigail Others. Ladies, hello. Hello, James. Hello, James. Now, before we go any further, please note that the discussion points we're covering this podcast are our own views or those of the guest speakers and do not constitute financial advice. We always recommend that you speak with a professional before considering your own situation and taking action. Okay, then. So let's get right into it. Today, we're talking about pensions and and how do I retire early? And this is a really interesting one for me. I have aspirations in that area, uh, but let's not make this all about me. Let's just talk in general terms. What sort of age are people having this conversation with you? It can be a real mixture, James. I think what I would kind of take that back a little bit more is that a lot more people have been thinking a lot more carefully about what they want out of life and what quality of life that they want and how long they want to be working for. And, and I think that's, that's there's been a, a big shift um, since uh, the pandemic. So the age range differs. So we often get people who are in their late 30s, early 40s, who maybe hear something or think about something and think, oh my goodness, I've never looked at my pensions. And now I've kind of hit a bit of a milestone in their mind where I'm panicking a bit and I think I need to take hold of this. And then we get um, people who do have a, a, a plan and a strategy that they really do want to make sure that they can retire no later than 55. So that there is a real mix. The only time when it causes a significant challenge is if somebody comes to us when uh, and tells us that they want to retire as a matter of urgency and they haven't quite got the plans in place to make that a reality. And well, let's just pick up on that particular circumstance. They haven't got the plans in place to make that a reality. Does that mean that it cannot be a reality or do you then kick into action and start to do a, a bit of a deep dive into to their finances and personal circumstances to see if it could be a reality? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we do. Um, so a deep dive and, and understanding what the priorities are and why they're feeling the way that they're feeling and, and uh, yeah, just a deep dive. Have you seen typically that there's been a shift in people's mentality towards retirement. And what I mean by that is in the sense that they're seeing life through a different lens mm -hmm. since COVID and since, you know, the, the, the various impacts of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I think, in the, you know, you know what, there's more to life than work. Absolutely. Um, and, and 100%. And the, there's, I suppose it's not just to do the pandemic, but there's definitely been uh, more emphasis since then, I think, because we all had a bit more time to think. But if we think back to our grandparents and the image that we have of our grandparents and what retirement looked like for them, it was an awful lot different to what people's aspirations are now. And a lot of it is very much about, there tends to be less... Um, ideas of grandeur or people are not as concerned about wanting to achieve real luxury. They just want quality of life. So quality of life and spending time with people that, you know, friends and family is a lot higher up on the agenda than wanting to jet off all around the world on a cruise. 
um, you know, that's going to cost hundreds of thousands and things like that. So I think people's ideals have changed an awful lot and wanting to spend time outside of work with those who mean a lot to them is, is just as important. I'm, I'm interested in the various stages that that you would go through with an individual when it comes to retirement planning. But I think I'd just like to explore, you, you, you mentioned that people reach the thirties or, or forties and that's typically when it starts, when something triggers in the mind and they think I need to pay some serious attention to this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's sort of, you know, approaching middle age, I guess. Abigail, you work with, typically work with clients at the younger end of the spectrum. Is it even on their radar when you're having conversations with them about what retirement might look like in 30 or 40 years? Or are they more about the here and now? To be honest, I think it's surprising how many people in the 20s it is actually on the radar. Um, A lot of what I do as well is the financial wellbeing workshop. So um, we sort of do those in life stages. And for the younger demographic, you know, I'll explain why you shouldn't necessarily opt out of your workplace pension you know, squeeze those employer contributions and and being there and opted in um, and explain what a pension means because a lot of people in that demographic don't necessarily know how it works. They don't know you get tax relief. You know, they don't know what it means. And a big step in understanding is just getting access and logging in and having a little bit of a nosy on the app. Um, There is a worry I've seen that people don't want to rely on the state pension um, you know, if, if you're in your 20s, getting your state pensions, you know, 40 odd years away. So if you can, you know, try and not rely on it and don't take it for granted, then then it's great. And I, I was certainly surprised by how clued up people were in that age demographic. And if they weren't clued up, they wanted to understand it because you're just not taught it anywhere else, really. You, you know, um, and that's why I love doing them, doing the workshops, because it's making it a lot more accessible for people. Okay. So a Rachel Bell wealth management client or a typical Rachel Bell wealth management client, does such a, a thing exist? No. Why Why not? I think um, because we are all so individual, what we want out of life is so different. There might be common themes, um, but there isn't a typical client because – you know, if we just take us, you know, sat in the room here, James, you know, we're, we're, we're all um, in business, but, you know, there's a very much the demographic. So Abigail's a lot younger than us um, and is very much around wanting to get onto the property ladder um, and thinking about being independent and in charge of her, herself and, and destiny. Um, yourself, James, you know, there's family considerations to take into account. We've got a lo- quite a few of our clients who are supporting their children through university. Um, you've got some clients who uh, are, are very young business people that are looking at the next business venture. So there's it, it, there's such a huge variety. It keeps us on our toes. Um, but I suppose probably what you're trying to get to, James, it is what do we do to try and um, make their goals a, a reality or what is the process and is that a typical process and I suppose the answer to that is yes um, it, it is because it doesn't matter whether somebody's got 20 million or 20 pounds the fundamentals of advice are the same um, 
So let's explore that a little bit. Somebody picks up the phone and they say, uh, Rachel or Abigail, I'd really like some advice around my pension and how I can nurture it over the years ahead to achieve the sort of retirement that I yearn for. What what steps are then taken by the team at Rachel Bell Wealth Management to, to engage with that individual and and make it happen? Initially, you know, if we, if we kind of just walk you through a, a typical process, as it were, then first of all, it is really a chat. And it's very much an educational piece as well, because clients don't expect that. <laughs> you know, they expect to just be talking to you about their pension um, and their paperwork. And, and actually, for the first time that we meet somebody, that's not the the most important part. We want to really understand about the client, their story, um, their life as it stands now, and just spend a bit of time over a cup of tea having a really good chat. We talk to them about us, how we work. uh, We explain how the whole process works. And at that point, there is no obligation. So you can relax easily knowing that we're just having a chat um, to help bring things to life a little bit. Now, People often think that they need to talk about their pensions because they might have heard something on the news or they need to do this, or they've just got a statement through that they don't understand what it means. But in order to help somebody have a plan, we need to understand all of their finances, right through from um, their mortgage that they've got or any outstanding liabilities, how much they spend on a monthly basis, what their income is, because effectively everything dovetails into each other. So there's no point in me just talking about your pension when retirement is potentially 40 years away and you've got a lot more to think about because you're wanting to save to get on the property ladder first. So we need to understand everything, not just the pension, but then we will help understand what your priorities are and what stage in life you are to be able to then see what you want to achieve. If, if somebody's got a private pension yeah, and you go through the whole process of conversation, finding out about the life and their other other elements of the finance and the, the ultimate recommendation is, well, you, you could actually um, move your pension to us and we'll take care of it for you. What actually happens then? As in the steps that would happen? Um, yes. Yeah, so, 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 so once... You know, once we get through all the initial meetings and yep. they decided to engage and they're like, yeah, Rachel, we want you and the team to to look after our pensions or my pension in the case of an individual. What, what happens after that point? Okay. I think at that point, I think what's probably really important to point out is that fundamentally we need to put everything in writing. So we bring together the meetings that we've had. We bring together the knowledge that we've built around those clients. We bring together all the information that we've gathered so that we can put a report together that will fundamentally tell you why we believe that it's the right thing for you to do to move. So that that is paramount amongst anything. So once you've then understood that and you've understood all of the costs and the charges associated with that, and you'd say, James, you know, Rachel, I would really love to move everything over for you to look after. At that point, we'd complete paperwork and we make it as easy as possible for those funds to move over for us to manage as part of your financial plan. It's actually really simple because we take care of all of that. Um, So you give us authority and permission 
if it's the right thing to do and once you're happy with everything to then just move the process over and then we take over and look after it all for you it's simple I think it's really important to add as well you know you're saying I've got a private pension what if I want you guys to look after it getting it moved over is just the first step it's really really important that we do have the ongoing reviews you know we do projections look at growth rates look at will this get you the retirement you want can you afford to make contributions that'll get you the retirement you want now and if not can we build on this with years to come because we do really need to review it make sure you're comfortable with what you invested in comfortable with the contributions and that you're going to get that dream lifestyle in retirement as well because things change all the time so we need to make sure that your plan's in line with what you want in the future and again and i guess things like attitude to risk or me saying, you know, I I I am a strict vegan, and therefore I don't want my funds invested in companies that trade in meat. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't even know it exists, but you know, I, I guess what well, I suppose what I'm trying to get at is people will have different, um, you know, the moral compass of each individual is different, and they they may or may not want their funds to be invested in in certain areas. Yeah. You know, perhaps a, a more typical one is sort of you know maybe a, a, a company that doesn't have its ESG values in, in place. You know, how much control do I have or does somebody have once they're invested, you know, once the funds are with you and it's signed and sealed, how much say do they actually have over over risk profile and the type of funds that that money is invested in? Well, I'll hit the risk profile one. So um, I'd like to say I don't bore people, but I'm one of those... You know, I really believe that you need to understand the mechanics and how it works and how interested you are is how I'll tailor it. But I love to sort of explain this is how it works. And, you know, you, you can't make false promises. Every year isn't going to be a good year. But if I explain to you the fundamentals of investing and how it works, um, then you have a bit more of an understanding behind it and a bit more confidence in what you're doing. Um, and, you know, if I'm coming out to look at working together and investing I'm not going to sit there with a questionnaire and tick answers that you've made to the questions to then establish your risk profile as they call it what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a real understanding of how comfortable you are with ups and downs volatility you know the length of time you've got until you need to access the money there's lots of different things but it's not a secret we'll we'll chat through it and if we need to tweak it as you get more confident, then we'll tweak it. And we'll definitely, as you get nearer to retirement, for example, or nearer to wanting to access the funds, tweak it. It's it's a very open conversation. There's no mystery. A lot of that is around the time horizon that people have got. So, for example, if you are in your 20s and you are starting to pay into your pension, then you might want to kind of or might be comfortable with a lot more risk than somebody who's just saving for something that's going to be in the next five to 10 years. So it's all relative and pertinent to what risk means to you and what risk means in that given area. And another good example of that is when we talk about uh, protection, you know, protecting what you've got. And fundamentally, often when it comes to protecting you and your family, people don't want to take a risk with that. So it, it it's such a wide variety that you can't kind of pinpoint one attitude to risk. It's more helping bring it to life as to what it means to you and what risk means. So if we think about inflation, um, you know, so inflation um, can, can range from 2% to 13%. Inflation in itself is a risk, but often people haven't considered 
why uh, or, or what that risk fundamentally is. So there's there's an awful lot to building up the recommendations for a plan that we look to start to build in place. And as Abigail said, the review meetings are so important and just as important as the initial steps. And what about where my money is invested or where an individual's money is invested in terms of the type of business or the type of funds? Again, is that, yeah. do they have control over that? Yes, and, and we can absolutely, you know, we can make a bespoke portfolio. Um, we... I mean, without getting into too much detail, because it's it's a separate podcast entirely, really, when we're looking about the responsible investing, although we've got one, we've, we've got a podcast on. Season one, check it out. Season one, absolutely. <laughs> so responsible investing and everything that we need to um, fundamentally talk about and making sure that your money is a force for good as much as we possibly can is a huge part of what we do. Again, it's more important to some than others, but that's there's no right or wrong. It is important to us that people do understand that all of our fund managers are signatories for the UN principles for responsible investing um, and that we can demonstrate as much as we possibly can the ethics behind any of the companies that we choose to invest your money with. You can also um, strip things out. You know, So for example, some of our clients have um, property portfolios, so don't necessarily want to have any more invested in property. There's lots and lots of different things that we can do to make sure that the portfolio represents what you want. Um, and that, again, can be quite a detailed conversation. At the same time, we have some clients who really couldn't be less interested. They've got their goals. They know what they want to achieve. We've talked about risk and are very happy to leave the rest up to us. Sometimes that same client, when they do retire, takes a little bit more interest no right or wrong. It, we will tailor it accordingly to what you want because getting value from what we can do for you is, is, is really, really important. So I suppose, Rachel, one of the things that we're focusing on in this, in this podcast is early retirement and how to achieve it, what that looks like and the sort of things that people need to consider. So just give us a viewpoint on that. I think, you know, as, as we, we talked about already, um, James, fundamentally what we want in retirement is really different to what our grandparents wanted. But importantly, at the moment, there's over three and a half million people in the UK that are what we would class as economically inactive, according to the Office of National, Statist National Statistics. I knew I was going to get tongue-tied on that part. And these are people who are predominantly retiring early. And retiring early means that they can be aged between 50 and 64, roughly. It's a life choice that people have made that they want to stop work or reduce the amount that they're working by. And it's a very, very common question that we're asked for a number of different age ranges, to be honest. Um, so sometimes we get people who have got an age in mind where and quite commonly can be 60, where people are thinking, do you know what? I would really like the option. And that's a really important word because what we want to do is to put people in a position of choice. So if you are planning to retire at 60, and you can retire at 60, 
it's a lot different to somebody saying, you've got to work to 65. If you know that you've got the choice to go at 60 and you choose to carry on, maybe not working full time or working less hours, that's a, a whole different ball game. Whereas at the moment, a lot of workplace pension schemes are actually aligned with state pension age, which is 67 and rising, as we know and we hear on the news all the time. So fundamentally, part of what we want to do is to make sure that we give you quite a lot to think about and we give you quite a lot that can be challenging to think about as well. So we want to really get to grips with how you want to spend your time in retirement. Are you going to fully retire? Are you going to be looking after grandchildren sometimes? Or do you want to maybe consult? So a lot of people we work with have been business owners that would like to give back and consult a little bit. How much money have you got now? And how much do you need? So we boil that down into three different categories and these can vary wildly. So the first and most importantly is your essential living costs, which is your mortgage, um, rent, household bills, fuel, insurances, food, everything that's essential for you to exist. You've then got discretionary, which is the nice to have. It's your majestic wine, it's your weekends away, your meals out, um, holidays uh, and things like that. And then you've got luxury. So when we know a lot of people, when we're retiring, we think, do you know what? I would really like to treat myself and to fly business class or to um, go on an extended holiday to Canada for a month rather than your traditional two weeks. So we understand what that looks like and what the cost would be today. And then we work out how much you need to have. But we need to get you to think about all of that um, to be able to say to you, is it realistic that you can consider retiring early or have we got a bit of work to do and have we got time to do that to make that a reality so that you can choose whether you finish at age 60 or whether you choose to continue for a little bit longer. And that's very powerful uh, when you kind of give put somebody in a position where they can choose their own destiny. What happens if somebody's approaching retirement? So let, let's use... 2020 as an example mm. somebody's planned retirement date is april 2020 but by april 2020 as we all know the the world's financial markets had absolutely gone through the floor because of covid and the initial market response to that you know presumably you know funds invested at that point will also have taken a a fair old battering yeah how do we navigate a situation like that? And, you know, these peaks and troughs, well, they, you know, they come and go, don't they? But there will always be people planning to retire around the time of a, a trough that they've got no control over. There is, and, and a lot, you know, I mean, going back to the point earlier, so many people are wanting to retire earlier. And if you had a goal of retiring, or your retirement day was April 2020, that was going to be a really scary time. So the process we would take is exactly the same as what we explained earlier on. So if somebody got in touch with us and said, oh, you know, I'm really looking to um, retire now. Am I going to have to change these plans because of everything that's happening in the first place? Then importantly, we need to gather the information on everything as it stands now. 
what was really, really important and what we kind of concentrated on more, I think, in the early stages of the uh, uh, of the pandemic was making sure that people had plenty of cash to see them through any short term so that they didn't need to dip into their investments or pensions at a time when things would had, had taken a nosedive. And part of any planning strategy is exactly the same now. So we want to make sure that people have got plenty of cash to meet their short-term needs and also one to five year needs really so that they don't have to dip into um, their pot, their investment pot at a time when the markets might be, uh, might be down more than usual or something like that. So having a strategy as to how we're going to meet the short-term, immediate short-term and medium-term and long-term investments is is what's really important. If someone was to pick up the phone and say, Abigail, Rachel, I'd like to reduce the amount of money that I'm paying into my pension fund. Is, is that request immediately met with shock and horror by you as financial planners and wealth, a wealth management company or, 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 or is it not? I'll let you answer that, Abigail. Um, it's an understanding of why and an understanding of, you know, the client needs to know the implications of that. Um, it, it's about, you know, what's right for them and it's got to be affordable for them. If you can't afford to tie your money up into a pension at that moment in time, then, you know, we, we wouldn't suggest you to continue to do it. It's about sort of making sure you're, you're managing now, um, but also saving for your future self. And it, it, that's why it's important to have a review, I guess, you know, just to understand what's realistic and what's achievable. And, you know, we're not going to tell a client off if they've had a bad month in business and they can't afford to pay that pension contribution. Mm -hmm. um, we want them to be comfortable and succeed. Um, and, and, and yeah, so, so it's got yeah, to be you know. sustainable, I think, hasn't it? And I think, you know, the, uh, with the with the pandemic, we the, we often contacted our clients, especially those that we knew that were got, that were working that would be perhaps furloughed. The right thing, absolutely, to do at that time was to say, "Look, let's just put the brakes on those contribution, focus on what is more important, which is your health at that time." And let's just kind of pick that up again when things have settled down. Equally, life happens, you know, relationships don't always work out. Or sometimes you can um, need to have money for, for different things, whether it's helping the children or all sorts of things. So, yes, the answer to the question is we will always be able to look to reduce, pause, stop contributions. But we want to make sure that you're aware of the impact that that has on the goal that we started in the first instance okay let's let's take a, a bit of a macabre turn okay let's say that uh, an individual plans to retire at the age of 60 and everything's geared up to that and everything's going swimmingly and then at the age of 59 they die <sighs> you know what what happens in a circumstance like that it does the the pension die with them i'm guessing it doesn't does it mature and last for a certain length of time? It very much depends. And, and unfortunately, you know, James, we, we have had that exact situation happen. Um, it very much depends on what they have. 
You know, so for example, if they have um, an old uh, workplace pension that was something called a final salary scheme, the rules as to what would happen with that will be very different to if they've been saving into a personal pension pot outside. So we would fundamentally look to understand what each investment, each pension, what the rules were that were applying to that, and then just spend time with the family to help them navigate a horrendous time in their life when they were looking forward to probably sharing a retirement and almost, you know, going off into the sunset together. And and that has then the world has just been turned upside down. So our job becomes so important to just give support uh, and very often not to make any harsh decisions at a time, but to reassure as to how what that person's left behind will help look after them. So our role becomes very, very different in that situation. Um, and and it's, 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 a, it's a vital role because often it can be that one person in a relationship is responsible and looks after the day-to-day life admin and finances. And in the situations that we've, uh, we've faced, the person who's been left behind was a person who didn't look after that. So again, it's helping people to just navigate everything that comes along with that and the trauma that's associated with it. And you know, thankfully, in the situations that we've we have had, then each person has not gonna have to worry financially, but it takes quite a while before they feel that they're not gonna have to worry financially. Mm-hmm. And if we take things, you know, I guess to the opposite end of life, I was reading something recently about why you should set up a pension fund for your child. Thing. It is, yeah. Um, and again, when a lot of grandparents who have got more income than they need on a day-to-day basis, it can be a really efficient way out of passing money down to you know, their grandchildren or, or, or children because... The landscape that we're in now for retiring has changed so much um, and workplace pensions are not what they were in years gone by uh, and being able to do that and to start saving for your grandchildren, I haven't got the stats with me today, but we, we then go into an area that we get really excited about, which is something called compound interest, which is about the earlier that you start, the longer that you leave it. The, the end result can be an amazing pension pot for your grandchild um, to have. And there's almost a little bit of security that, you know, they can't get hold of it when they're 18 or even 25. You're giving them security for when it's later on in life. But in a horrendous situation where they don't survive until that, then the pot's still there to go um, according to the wishes of of that person as well. And it's a lower limit for... no setting a pension for it could literally be from one day old yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and do you have experience of that within your own practice oh we do yeah we do and and it's it's a, it's most commonly a conversation with grandparents i think isn't it um where they're they're wanting to contribute um and to start saving for sometimes they haven't considered it uh, so sometimes we kind of help because those contributions still attract tax relief as well um, so it's still a really efficient way of uh, of doing it, as long as it's doing it the right way and as long as it's not impacting on their lifestyle. Mm. Um, you know, so again, sustainability and making sure it's all affordable 
um, it's yeah, it, it's good and it's nice to be able to see it. And in some instances, we've got where the grandchildren are old enough to understand, whoa, happy days. You know, you've got somebody mm-hmm. paying into a pension from, I think we've got a couple that are in their kind of early 20s, haven't yeah. we? Um, who just think it's, it's great. You know, they've got somebody contributing into a, a pension for them um, early on. And is it possible for, is it possible for uh, parents or grandparents, you know, if, if their own financial stability is is sorted and they're comfortable is it possible for them to contribute into a fund that their children have say through a workplace pension scheme that's when it can get a little bit complex james because what you've got the the dynamics of the rules around that workplace scheme that might not allow third party contributions in um so Again, it would very much depend on the scheme rules and having the conversation and what that would look like. Equally, sometimes you know people don't stay in jobs the same as what they used to. So sometimes the the person who is contributing, or the grandparent, as an example, might not want to contribute into a workplace scheme because there isn't that you know people move around careers so much they might want to contribute into something that they've got a bit of control over. Not control as much as influence. Influence. Um, influence over and uh, the, the the direction of travel, if you like, uh, because the control is very much that the pension belongs to that grandchild. And and, and just for, for my understanding, you know, and I'm sure some people will be wondering this as well, is it, is it possible to have a workplace pension and then a private pension that runs alongside it completely separately? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you can have... As long as you are within the allowances for what you're allowed to contribute on an annual basis or as a third party, you can have numerous different pension schemes um, as well within that. Very enlightening. We could talk about this all day. <laughs> if we were going to give our listeners one like one takeaway from today's pod, and you know, we started off uh, discussing how how can I retire early, and we've we've gone into all sorts of. Uh, areas linked to pensions which has been really interesting if, if we could offer one piece of advice today uh, and i'm sure you could offer 10 but i'm going to restrict you to one you know what would that be to our listeners i'll go first mine would be make a start um rachel touched on it before um you know make a start into contributing into your pension even if it's you know smaller amounts you might think they're insignificant but if you're starting in your 20s and you know getting auto enrolled into your workplace scheme that's a long time to benefit from compound interest um so yeah so i'd say make a start and save for your future self rachel for me it's about just understanding what a pension is and what most importantly it can do for you so it's about just having a chat um and i think that's probably the biggest step that you can take is to take control of what you've already got and see how it's going to work for you. Now, there's never a charge for an initial chat with any member of the team at Rachel Bell Wealth Management. So if anybody has listened to this podcast and they're thinking, actually, I just want to pick up the phone and have a conversation about my own pension arrangements, what should they do? What's the number? Let me up, Rachel. My um, mobile number is 07557 And the landline? Landline 01228 
526976 or alternatively email rachel.bell at sjpp.co.uk. So mobile number, landline number and email there if anybody wants to get in touch with Rachel or a member of the team at Rachel Bell Wealth Management. Ladies, thank you very much for today. This talk on pensions has been, uh, well, I've certainly learned a lot. Good. Um, Hope you've learned a lot too, uh, listeners. Thank you very much. And we will uh, see each other very soon, I am sure, back in the podcast studio. See you soon, James. Thanks, James. Now, we always want to hear what you've got to say about the pod. So if you've got any questions or comments, please head to the social media channels on Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn. Search for Rachel Bell Wealth Management as if by magic the ladies will appear and you will be able to send them a message. Alternatively, you can head to the website rachelbellwealthmanagement.co.uk where you'll find a contact us form. We need you to know that the value of an investment with St. James's Place will be directly linked to the performance of the funds you select and the value can therefore go down as well as up. You may get back less than you invested. The levels and basis of taxation and relief from taxation can change at any time. The value of any tax relief depends on individual circumstances. Rachel Bell Wealth Management is an appointed representative of and represents only St. James's Place Wealth Management PLC, which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority for the purposes of advising solely on the group's wealth management products and services, more details of which can be found on the group's website sjp.co.uk forward slash products. SJP approved September 8th, 2023.